0: Amen, and good morning. Um, My name is Dave, and I have an honest confession to make to you this morning, and that is that sometimes around the house I like to do extra chores specifically so that I can get credit for doing the extra chores. So there's certain chores around the house that are just mine to do, you know, changing the furnace air filter and putting gas in the car, and and there's just certain things that I'm expected to do. But then there's kind of the general chores that need to be done, like emptying the dishwasher, for example. So sometimes I'll see that the dishwasher needs to be emptied, and I will think out of the benevolence of my heart, okay, I'll I'll empty it out, but what I really want then is I want, I want points for that. I want credit, you know, I want a pat on the back. And so what I might do as I'm unloading the dishwasher is I might set them down. I might set the dishes down on the counter, just a little, you know, make a little extra noise and clatter and whatever. I don't break anything, but you know, I'm just, I'm kind of making a little drawing attention to myself. And so from the next room, then my wife may, you know, very lovingly say, can you keep it down in there (laughs) to which I'll respond, um, yeah, I'll be quiet very soon, as soon as I get done emptying the dishwasher, you know, because I'm, anyway. So, you know, I'm doing a good thing, right? But I'm doing it with a poor motive. I'm doing it with a, a wrong motive. I mean, the, the real heroes in life are the ones who serve behind the scenes, don't want the pats on the back. They, they just want to do the right thing to serve, really, other people. I mean, they're people like Mother Teresa, Right? What an icon of, of service. So Mother Teresa gave her life to serving people who were who were sick, dying, I mean orphans. I mean, these are these are difficult people in difficult circumstances, and yet she devoted herself to serving them. She became famous, not because she was seeking to be famous, but because what she was doing was so unusual. She took a vow and she led others in taking this vow of wholehearted, free service to the poorest of the poor. So that is just so unusual. It's so unusual for someone to set aside their own life to just pour into others, not for any kind of pats on the back, but just because it's the right thing to do. She's famous for saying, do small things with great love. And I think... I think deep down, all of us really want to do small things with great love. I think deep down, all of us want to serve the people around us for their benefit. But then our egos sometimes just get in the way, don't they? I mean, what, what I have discovered in my life is that the bigger my ego gets, the smaller my world becomes. It just kind of shrinks in on me because it's, it's all about me. And I, I may be doing something that, that could have served somebody else, but it ends up being worthless because it's not really serving them and it's not really pleasing to God. And so the, the question that we want to ask this morning is, how, how can we do small things with great love? How can we do the things we do to serve the people around us really for their benefit And to please God in the process. Jesus is going to teach us how to do that this morning. If you would take a Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, there are some white ones there on a seat close by you. Matthew 6 is on page 899. Um, In fact, if you don't have a Bible, please take that with you uh, as a gift. We would like you to have a Bible that you can read on your own. We're starting a, a new series today, and, and what we're what we're wanting to do with this series is is think about the fact that as we serve, sometimes we're we're using our hands, but sometimes we can do the right thing with our hands and our hearts are far away. They're far apart. And so what we're wanting to see today is how do we bring our hands and our heart in line to be what God would want it to be. So Jesus is going to start Uh, talking with us here in Matthew chapter 6 verse 1 and he's going to start with a warning to those of us who may have big egos and want the pats on the back for everything that we do. Jesus says beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them for then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. So you see, Jesus is talking about our hands and our heart. He's, he's talking about our hands because he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness. That's our the hands part, what we do, the way that we serve. And so he says, that, that's the hands part. The heart part is, he says, if you're doing that in order to be seen by them. If you're doing it so that the people around you will pat you on the back and give you praise. Then he says, The the result is you're going to forfeit whatever rewards you might have had from your Father in Heaven. Because you already got your, your kudos. You already got your praise. Because you were doing it for the people around you. You were doing it with the wrong motivation. God, our loving Father, wants to reward us, but our ego often gets in the way. So Jesus says, be careful... Be careful about practicing the good things that you do in front of other people. And then he goes on to give three examples of that. He's going to talk about giving, giving to those who are in need. He's going to talk about prayer, and then he's going to talk about fasting. So that's our series for the next three weeks. So today we're going to to talk about giving to those who are in need. Next week we'll talk about prayer, and then the following week we will talk about fasting. Jesus tackles giving first. So let's look at verse 2. He says, Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in what? In secret. And your Father, who sees in secret... Will reward you. So Jesus says there's two ways to give to people around you in need. One is to announce it. One is to kind of literally what he says here, like blow your own horn, blow your own trumpet. And he says that's what some people were doing there. They would kind of have people go announce the fact that I'm about to give to someone who's in need. Maybe there's a beggar over here by the side of the road and they had a trumpet player coming out in front of them. Hey, everybody, watch. I'm about to help somebody. That's one way to give. The other way to give is in secret. It's to not announce it at all. And, and what Jesus is getting at here as he talks about all of these righteous things that we practice and to do them in secret, he's, he's, he's going to tell us uh, to be sure that what's done, make sure that what's done is for an audience of one. Okay. Sometimes we do it for an audience of the people around us. Because we, we want them to be impressed with us. And, and Jesus says, no, I want you to do what you do for an audience of one. Please your, your heavenly Father. That's, that's what's going to please God. Don't be like the hypocrites, he says, that look good on the outside. They look like they're doing the right thing with their hands, but their hearts are polluted. So he says, don't be like them. C.S. Lewis says this about giving He says, we are tempted to spend more than we ought on the showy forms of generosity, tipping and hospitality, things that other people see, and less than we ought on those who really need our help. So Jesus says, we need to to not be generous publicly, but quietly, where where it counts. And notice, notice too, in verse 2, that Jesus says, when you give. And in verse 3, he says... When you give, not if you give, but when you give. There's an expectation from Jesus, and actually the whole way through Scripture, there's an expectation that you and I are going to be generous, that God's people will be generous and that they will give. I want to read to you some extended verses here from the Hebrew law, which Jesus would have been very familiar with, and and how we are called to share what we have with those who are in need. This is from Deuteronomy says, if among you one of your brothers should become poor, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother. Now pause there for a second if you're reading there on the screen. Notice the heart and the hand. Okay? Don't harden your heart or shut your hand. See, what we do sometimes is we harden our hearts against the needs around us. It's it's easy to do that because sometimes we're just overwhelmed. Sometimes we just look around and there are so many needs. It's like, I, I don't even know where to begin. So I just kind of, just kind of close my heart off and say, I don't, I don't feel like I can help anybody because there's just too many needs. If I can't help everybody, I'm just not going to help anybody. And so Jesus says, now be careful. And this, this is the Hebrew law. Don't harden your heart, but open your hand. I'm, can you go back? That, yeah. Don't harden your heart or, and shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. Now go on. You shall give to him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him, because for this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake. As we are generous with others, God will continue to be generous with us. For there will never cease to be poor in the land, therefore I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy, and to the poor in your land. This is an expectation that God has for us, is, is generosity. That's, that's one of our mission values as a church, is that we would be generous. And there's a couple of reasons why we we want to be generous, why God would want us to be generous. One is that he is so generous with us. So he has been so generous with us, he wants us to be like him, so he wants his people to reflect what his heart is, so that when people look at us, who say that we are followers of God, they would say, oh, this must be what God is like. So if we're generous, we are reflecting his heart, because he is so incredibly generous with us. I had the opportunity this week to sit with, with one of our church family here who's going through a lot of medical issues. got a very difficult road that he's in the middle of. And, and he's going through these treatments that are just sapping his energy. And he said to me, you know, I just, I just feel so weak. I just can't do the things that I'm used to doing. And he said, it really makes me realize how much I have when I'm feeling good. And I thought, Is it, isn't that the case so often? It's the case so often for me that I don't appreciate my health until something goes wrong. And, and I just take it for granted that I should feel good all the time. And as I interact with different ones of you and, and hear about medical conditions, I, I hear about these unique things where there's somebody might be missing an enzyme or they've got a hormone out of balance or just this seemingly little thing and things that are going on inside of most of our bodies normally all the time, digesting the food, giving us energy, just functioning the way it's supposed to function. And I just totally, I'm oblivious to those things because they're just working right. And yet God is the one who put all of those things in place for us. He is so generous, so kind to give us all of those things, that's just one area, it's just how our bodies function. But he's so generous, and so he says, I want you to reflect that generosity in the way that you interact with those who are in need. It's, it's also a, a theme in Scripture, throughout Scripture, that we are blessed to be a blessing to others. So we are not blessed so that we just have more and hoard more and pile more. God wants to bless us so that we will be a conduit. He doesn't want us to be a reservoir where we just hold on to it all. He wants us to be a conduit so he can say, as I see my children being generous with others, I'm going to give you more so that you can be more generous. So that's God's heart in all of this. So why aren't we more generous? If we see God being so generous, why aren't we more generous? I think there's several reasons why I think sometimes we feel like we don 't have enough time. I mean sometimes it takes time to get involved with someone and and meet a need so i don 't know if you 've had this experience before sometimes i 'll be at a stoplight and someone might be there with a, a cardboard sign and they're they 're in need of some kind And i don't you know I, I just think i, I don 't have time i don 't have time to Reach in my wallet, I just or I don't have anything with me, and I'm, I'm not prepared, and um, or I, I become aware of a need that someone has, and I think you know I don't want to just give them cash because I don't know what they're going to do with it, so I would need to do some research and find out what's their situation, how did they get to this point where they have this need. All that takes time, and it's easy to say you know I just I'm sorry I don't I don't have time to help you, or I don't have enough margin in my my finances in my spending. I mean Americans have so much just as a as a people I know this you know there's always exceptions to the rule but I mean Americans as a people are so blessed and we have so much and yet we spend so much we we don't have any margin to be able to share with anybody else because we're busy spending it all on ourselves and so that's that can be a reason not enough margin and and then it ends up as not enough compassion you know our heart becomes hardened towards others and and again sometimes we just get overwhelmed with so many many needs but but the expectation is from Jesus throughout throughout the scriptures he he calls us to create the time create the margin and find the compassion to be able to share with others again C.S. Lewis says this he says if our expenditure on comforts Luxuries, amusements, etc. is up to the standard common among those with the same income as our own. We're probably giving away too little. There ought to be things we should like to do and cannot do because our charitable expenditure excludes them. So what would it be like if you and I looked at our financial situation and we looked at our plans for 2017 and we said, you know, we'd, we'd really like to do this vacation but if we actually cut back on that, if we cut a few days off, or if we decided to go to a different spot, or decided to craft it a little bit differently this way, we could save some money on that vacation, and we could, that would actually free up funds to be able to share with somebody else, to be generous towards somebody else. What would it be like if, if you and I looked at our habits of, of eating out, for example... And we said, you know, if I, if I cut my habit of eating out, maybe first we need to become aware of even how often we're eating out and just take a month and just write down how many times you eat out and then say, you know what, if I cut this by 25% or even 50%, I could funnel some extra funds to some who are generous, creating more margin to be able to be more generous for those who are in need. Sometimes... Uh, I feel like, I I don't even know if it's going to make a difference. Like, there's so much need in the world. And I I hear of different people who have different situations, you know, close to me, or I just hear globally that there's a a natural disaster somewhere, or there's refugees in Syria, and all these things can be so overwhelming that it just feels like, I I don't don't even think it's going to make a difference. Why bother? But I love something that Andy Stanley says. He says, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. So you and I probably can't make a difference for everyone in the world, but we can sure make a difference for one. So do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. I, I had uh, lunch a few weeks ago with, uh, with Ross Manders, who's the pastor down at Restoration Church, our sister church in, in Levittown. And I was asking him what kinds of things they're doing these days. And, and one of the things that he said is they're, they're making these blessing bags and so when they come up to a stop sign and see someone who is in need and, and asking for help, they have these blessing bags that that have maybe a little, you know, kind of snack in here or just some personal items, bottle water, toothpaste, that kind of things. And they just keep these in their car. Folks in the congregation are doing this so that when somebody's there has a need that they have something to put in their hands that they know will be useful and, and serve them in a way. I, I love the idea, too, of putting a little card in there and maybe just writing a personal note and, and maybe including a verse and just letting them know God loves them. And the reason I'm doing this is because God's been so generous with me. I just I, I hope that this blesses you. I hope this makes your day a little bit better. But I love the idea of, of doing a, a blessing bag. Some of us need to cultivate this practice of giving. Some of us, myself, Included, we, we need to practice generosity, not so it makes us feel better, not so it's going to inflate my ego or get a pat on the back, but to do it in secret so that nobody else knows, so that it cultivates my relationship with my Heavenly Father. Make sure what's done is for an audience of one, an audience of one, our, our Heavenly Father. Jesus said in in verse 4, he said, Your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Your Father. One of the things that was so radical about Jesus' teaching is that he taught about God as our Father, as a personal relationship. So this passage that we are looking at here this morning is in the middle of Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And in that sermon, he repeatedly refers to God as Father. Next week, as we look at Jesus' model prayer, he's going to teach us our Father who is in heaven. That's the way we address him. And this was so radical because up until that time, people might, might compare God to a Father. They, they, they would sometimes say, and Scripture says, um, as a Father has compassion on his children... So the Lord has compassion on us. So they would compare God to a father, but they would never go so far as to call him their father. And yet Jesus says that's the kind of relationship God wants to have with us. And so how do we cultivate a relationship with someone? We we share experiences. We, We do things with them. We create memories with them. And that's why Jesus says... Go do your giving in secret so that your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When he says that the Father is going to reward us, he doesn't tell us what the reward is going to be. He doesn't tell us when it's going to come. But what we do see here in these verses is that one of the rewards is a close bond, a closer bond with our Father in heaven. So one of the things that I like to do with my kids to, to increase the bond with, with them is once a month, I, I take a different child on a date. So I invite them to spend time with me. So last Sunday afternoon, I took my oldest daughter to the art museum at Princeton University. We hadn't done that before. We, so we went out for lunch, and we went to the art museum. Um, last night, I took my son and I I realized, it only just occurred to me a few uh, weeks ago that we live like 10 minute drive from a train. I mean, we could go watch the train. He loves trains. And so last night we just, we walked over to the train and we put pennies on the tracks and then after after the train left, of course, after the train left, you know, we went and got our pennies off of there. But just creating memories, creating moments and that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about doing things in secret. It's just between you and the Father, and that increases our bond with Him. So here's my encouragement to you. I'll encourage you this week to spend time with your Heavenly Father by giving to someone who's in need. And it's just between you and Him. Nobody else will know what you've done. It's just a memory that you and God are making. So a few ideas to, to kind of spark your thinking of what that might look like. One is uh, these blessing bags. So you might make some blessing bags, put them in your, your car. Another idea would be if you know of someone personally who's, who's in a time of financial need, maybe you go to the grocery store, buy a gift card for them, and then you just leave it in their mailbox or send it to them in the mail, and don't put any return address on it. Just, you're, you're, you're giving to them and meeting a need for them, but nobody else is going to know about it. Uh, another idea is we, we have a fellowship fund here at the church. Some of you may not be a, aware of that, but we have a fellowship fund that people give to. And then as, as we, as a church, we, sometimes people will come to us and say, we're, we're in a season where we have a need. We've had people over the last several months... Um, often with, with medical issues, things that just come out of the blue and they're not prepared for those things, then we as a church can't respond to those needs. So you can give to that fellowship fund, and then they, they don't know who's given it, but, uh, but it's going to meet their needs. Um, you might have noticed a Christmas tree in the lobby so uh, it's time—it's time of year for angel tree. So uh, this is a very personal way that you can meet a need. Um, each one of these cards is unique, and so you can pick a card off of the tree, and it has ideas of gifts that that could uh, that someone would love. And these are from families that don't have the resources to be able to buy Christmas presents like many of our families are able to do. So you can pick up one of those cards off of that tree, and uh, and there's instructions on there what to do. And then the last idea is something that we have done before here, if, if you've been at Grace Point, and that is just just stocking food pantry, local food pantries. This is a time of year when food pantries need a lot to be able to meet the needs uh, for holidays. And so we have these bags available with ideas of, of things to buy. These are going to be collected on the 20th, so in two weeks. So these bags will be available today. Uh, there's some out on a table out as you're leaving. Uh, in the lobby, and then they'll be available as well next Sunday. But the idea is to to fill that up with uh, things that people might need and then bring that back in in two weeks. If if God has been generous with you, he's calling you to be generous with those who are around you. And as you are being generous, as you are giving, giving, make sure that what's done is for an audience of one. Not anybody else, just your Heavenly Father, that he would be pleased. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your great generosity towards us. And thank you that you've been so generous towards us, (laughs) because that just blesses your heart. Um, uh, And so, Father, may we follow in your footsteps. May we be like you in our generosity. And Lord, may we come to know you better through our generosity. May may our act of giving this week not be something that we check off a box, that we just did something good. May it certainly not be something that we do to try to get pats on the back from people around us. May it not even be something that we do to try to relieve guilt that we may have because we have more than somebody else. But Father, may it be something that we do to cultivate a memory with you knowing how generous you've been to us, and just doing something only you and, and we know about. Um, Lord, we thank you for your kindness towards us. In Jesus' name, amen.